Founder Space Startup Supercharge. I'm Captain Hawk, CEO of Founder Space, the leading global startup accelerator. I'm also author of the award-winning books, Make Elephants Fly, Surviving a Startup, and The Five Horses. Today we have Jason Mark Campbell, and he is going to be talking about his book and his podcast of the same name, Selling with Love. Jason, welcome to the show and tell us about love and selling. <laughs> I love it, right? We we we're here on the podcast. We're going to talk about relationships, romance, and love. It's yes, uh, but we're it, not going to talk about that type of love. We're talking about another type of love. You know, I find it funny when I first came with the title of the book. You know, I almost hesitated, right? I I almost went like, I don't know if love and sales in the same title is really what I should be going for. Only to realize that I think this is what I want. I I want to create that a bit of that shock and confusion for people thinking sales love never seen those two words together. And practically for the people that I serve, it's the idea that sales could actually be loved so far from their own reality. And so, yeah, that's uh, that's the book. That's the podcast. And my big thing is I'm trying to help people that have sales reluctance. And I see this so much when it comes to entrepreneurs that are trying to go out there, make a difference and make an impact where it's like, I'm going to do everything, but that's sales it's almost just labeled on the side as this necessary evil that needs to happen in a business. And I'll get to it and I'll do it. But you know, you'll be rolling up your sleeves and you'll be dragging your feet the whole time. That's how I was like when I started, you know, I had my own business. I'm not, I don't consider myself a salesperson. And the selling part was brutal. Like I did not love it. And I did not know how to do it. I was absolutely clueless. I, because I was an engineer and kind of an artist by training. And those are things, you know, you, you work with machines and I didn't understand how do you get people to say yes. And my image of a salesperson was like, just somebody after the money, you know, get their commission. So tell us about selling with love. What is the strategy behind it? Yeah. So in essence, it's just looking within yourself and seeing that, Hey, do I have a love hate relationship with sales? Like, is it something you absolutely hate? And if that's the case, you're actually starting better than most people who are getting into sales because the opposite of love is not hate. It's actually apathy and it's actually not caring and it's fear. And so if you are in your business and you don't care about the sales, you don't care about putting it out there, it would give me a thought that you're probably not that passionate about actually making the difference that your product makes in the world. And so when I speak about selling with love, it's actually a redefinition of sales under this this definition, which is when uh, selling is nothing more than an energy exchange between conscious beings, right? And I use the term energy. Listen, Steve, I I've worked in personal growth for a long time. So I need to bring a bit of a woo woo term. But for engineers, energy is very well understood as well, where everything is a transfer of energy, it's never lost or destroyed. And so in this energy exchange, it could be money, goods and service, the product you put into other people's hands. And the kicker and the thing that I advocate in my book, and this is the whole message I stand for, is when you know what you offer is so much more than what you ask in return, then love is the emotion that balances the equation. Now, mm. when you start with this premise, you start to understand, well, first off, if you hate sales, you'll be like, what is he talking about? Uh, and what I want to make sure people acknowledge is that most of our negative associations with sales actually comes from whatever it is that we have seen and labeled salespeople ad based on our personal experiences 
experiences of others, the movies we've seen, like, you know, some people watch the Wolf of Wall Street, and they get excited, but that's not a great example of sales at all. And I'd say for the majority of people who watch a movie like that are repulsed by a reinforcement of the stereotype of what sales is. Yeah, pushy now. people trying to manipulate you, gaslight you into doing something that isn't necessarily in your best interest. Yeah. So my impression, you know, selling with love is if you, you're talking about loving your, your client, your customer, and go into that, the psychology of that, how that works and how to most effectively do it. Like I'm an average entrepreneur. I know my, you know, I'm good at building my company and good at building my product or service, but how do I get there? Yeah. So for most people, especially in the field of engineers, we sometimes fall in love with the wrong thing first. We fall in love with the product. And one of the traps that happens from that is you can be obsessed with your thing that you're building, but you've forgotten about who it's supposed to serve. And even before that, what problem you're actually solving. So in the book, I go through the methodology of selling with love, which has five loves involved. And I say the first thing you need to fall in love with is actually the impact. What's the difference that you're wanting to make? What's the problem you want to solve? And getting very clear on that. We've heard of other books such as Simon Sinek's Start With Why. And loving the impact is actually a reinforcement of really being clear on the why. Why are you selling this to this client? Why are you building this whole initiative and the problem you want to solve in the world? And why are you personally like looking to bring this to the world? What satisfaction are you looking to have? And I think once you start getting clarity on this, and for anybody listening, I, I would want to make sure you're able to answer these questions because oftentimes in sales, people will be like, why are you presenting this to me? Why are you excited about this? Are you just trying to sell me something? Often comes from not being able to answer the question of why you're actually doing this. So and, that's and actually I, the first prescription. You made a really good point, impact. Because at the end of the day, your client cares most about the outcome. And does is, you know, if you don't understand why the client needs the product and what it's going to do for them, then you can't really sell it. Because, you know, I know a lot of people, they will give a demo of a product and they'll spend 20 minutes, a half an hour, 45 minutes on the demo, but maybe only 10% of that is relevant to the client. Uh, that's, you know, they are, their outcome, the impact they want is much, much narrower, or it could be totally different than the points they're speaking to. And that's not love, that you're not hitting their, their sweet spot. Yeah. And, and if you look at someone that's amazing at PR, right? And love him or hate him. I personally love him, but I'll look at Elon Musk, right? And he keeps beating the drum on the impact. He's like, I want to make humanity an interplanetary species. And that's been the big message he's been pushed as to his reasons for being, reasons for doing. And when people hear that, there's so much more, less reluctance to move forward with, you know, supporting his projects in space, supporting the projects around solar energy and with the cars. For me as a sales trainer, there's so many sales trainers out there, but I go to people and I say, listen, I'm tired of seeing douchebag marketers and salespeople going out there and scamming people. But I think ethical businesses and people trying to do good in the world need to embrace sales as the beautiful tool that it is. And the moment I start take, talking about this, some people go, oh, that sounds interesting. This, this actually would, like, is something I can relate to. And I want to be one of the good people too. So it becomes so powerful in your messaging, just being clear on the impact whether it's for yourself, whether it's for the world, or what is directly going to do for the client. So I really want people to be able to start from there, and then they can step into loving the client. Great. And so number two. Yeah. So loving the client, once you've gotten an idea of what impact you want to do, start caring for the, the, the client. And 
I always make the joke. It's like, no, do not start a romantic relationship with the people you want to sell to. It's not the effective way we're talking about here. Loving the client's really about understanding the client. And it's very interesting when we get started, we often are so in a position that, okay, we can serve everyone. We we're very scarce in the way that we think if I start selling this to everyone, I won't exclude anyone. I'll take business from anyone. And the problem with that is you speak to no one in a noisy world. We're, we're really trying to like the two big currencies right now are attention and trust. And that's what we're trying to get in the marketplace. And the way you can trust somebody is when they've actually taken the time to understand you. And so this is where I suggest highly for people to define who their target market is. You, you've probably done an exercise like this before is like my target market can be, you know, I've heard some companies will say, well, you know, anybody who's having uh, a transition in their life, like someone that's looking for an app that's going to help them go through a midlife crisis. It's like, hey, that's a lot of people that go through it very different ways. So the suggestion I would give for anybody is whatever definition of your target market that you have, if you had to be more specific, what else could you filter? And I want you to get so specific that it's almost ridiculous. So in an example of building an app that helps people go through midlife crisis, it's like, okay, is it men or women? Because we go through that differently. And at what age? Is it like a midlife crisis in your 30s or in your 50s? Because you'll have a different kind of crisis based on the age that you have. You, then you start thinking, okay, well, what industry are they working for? Are they in middle management? Are they engineers themselves? Are they entrepreneurs? They're facing very different problems. And the way you would speak to them would be so different. So imagine this app and you're just getting started. You want to create a focus group and you're helping people go through a midlife crisis. And the example here, uh, I'll use one that I can actually give a good example about. And I'll say entrepreneurs in their 30s who are questioning themselves around why they're even creating this thing. You can actually have language saying, listen, if you've been in your business for a long time, you're starting to doubt yourself and you're wondering what's going on, the emotions are coming up and you feel not the same joy you had in your 20s pushing this company forward, yet you still care about the impact you want to make, but there's something that's different and you're trying to find that realignment and you're trying to reignite that fire. Your marketing and sales copy can now speak to the soul that's much more close to what people are looking for so that your avatar can say, got it this person understands me, this is probably the product I want. And do you get that? Do you, like when you start selling, uh, what are some of the first things you do? Do you spend a lot of time with the customer? Do you have specific questions you ask the customer? Do you do market research or surveys or anything like that? One of my favorite things to suggest for people who are just getting started, uh, and I find a powerful tool is LinkedIn to be able to actually go and find the parameters of who you've decided to target. If you don't have any past customers to decide, okay, this is probably who I want to work with. Because if you have an existing company, you have those clients you'd like to work with and you can start refining those parameters into attracting more people like that. But if you're just getting started, I have a few questions that I would ask myself if you're going to pick a target market, which is number one, can you actually create a transformation in them? Like, can you actually make the impact based on the product and service that you're planning to create? Number two, if you had a choice, pick someone that might be fun to work with. You're going to be building a whole business around that. So actually have it be fun to serve that avatar. Have a, a reason to serve them that might be even more than just the data. And number three is make sure they're capable of buying your products and service. Right. I see so many, so many times it's like, oh my God, I'll be serving a younger version of myself and this app or whatever I've created ends up being a solution for them. But you back then didn't have any money and wouldn't even spend on it, right? Right. So- when you at least start with this, I suggest 
going on a place like LinkedIn. And what I suggest for people at the beginning stages is when you find that target market to reach out to them. And I always say, go and make a connection request. And of course, if you're on LinkedIn, add a note, because if there's no note, there's like a so many connection requests. It's so rare people that actually add a note that's relevant to who I am. I see some notes that are generic, like copy paste, but you can actually reach out to people with showing interest in them. And some of the scripts I'll often suggest for people getting started would be, I'll reach out to someone like uh, Captain Hoff and I'll say, Hey, Steve, uh, love your work, but I'm actually doing a research project on uh, authors that have written several books that are looking to grow in their space, get more attention, get more traffic and stand out as a leader within their niche. Uh, I'd love to ask a few questions to see about the common struggles. Mm -hmm. And I send this as a connection request. Does it work 100% of the time? Nope. But can you find 100 people? Yes. And then I suggest you start having conversations to ask questions like, all right, so what are your goals? I've been, I've been trying to actually put together a service to help authors like you to scale, but I'm wondering, is it even something you, you're looking to do yourself? Have you considered to work with an agency? And you start just being curious in the people. After the beginning, I won't even worry about the script. The only thing I might want you to nurture within yourself is a sense of actually caring and being curious. Because when you're curious and caring, you don't need a script. You're just having a conversation with someone saying like, listen, I'm looking to build something. I'm looking to connect with a human being I could potentially serve. I have nothing to sell you. I just want to gather some data. But at the end, if you'd like me to give you some more details when the product is ready, I'll be happy to do so. Yeah. So that's a good piece of advice, you know, saying it, honestly for entrepreneurs saying, you know, we haven't even because I think entrepreneurs should uh, start this sales process before they build the product, not after, because if you build it and, and nobody cares, it doesn't matter. So before they even build their product, they can go out on LinkedIn and, and say, I haven't built my product yet. I'm an entrepreneur. I'd love to get some feedback. I want to make sure I'm building the right product. Then it's clear you're not selling them. You're just getting information because you don't even have a product. And that's a great way to gather information early. I also uh, one of the things uh, I think is, you know, LinkedIn is getting kind of spammy now, lots of incoming junk. Uh, another way to reach out to people is the old fashioned way in person. Now that COVID is, you know, diminishing, we, you, because these type of conversations that you're talking about are really easy to have if you're at the right place. So if you're at a conference where all your type of customers go, if you're at a, you know, uh, some networking event, uh, which is specifically targeted at the demographic you want to reach, then you're just, you know, you can just go up to 10, 20 people during that event and just start talking to them and say, hey, I'm thinking of building this product. What do you think? Uh, are there other ways uh, for entrepreneurs to reach out? Because at the beginning, like you say, you know, getting that customer right, understanding who they are, getting in their head, figuring out that connection is so important. Yeah. Well, I just want to touch more on this in-person element because you're right. That is the number one place to be able to do it. We've been locked down for a while here. And in Bali, oftentimes it's not the target market that I'm looking for where I'm. Yeah. At. And you are in Bali. That <laughs> <laughs> So I do find myself operating in a more virtual space, but it's very interesting if you are in an environment where your target market is walking around, going to events, which just got me thinking if someone's designing any kind of tool to help say realtors or, uh, insurance salespeople uh, or 
I'm trying to think of your stereotype, our financial advisors, right? Those three um, stooges that you'll typically find at a networking event. Imagine going to a networking event, trying to design a product that serves that market. And you go to everyone at that event and you're like, hey, I'm actually designing something to help productivity or to help, you know, uh, find more clients or whatever product your uh, problem you solve with your product. You could go to live networking events and be a superstar because you're the only one who's not selling something if you're going to that kind of event. Oh, yeah. Perfect. And so are there other avenues like LinkedIn, in person, any other ones that you found work? Yeah. Well, one of the best things I like to do is using other people's platforms. And this is really to reach more traffic and do research is there's often existing authorities, influencers that are having active conversations with your potential client. So I'll give an example for people. Imagine you're trying to help people that are similar to the people I speak to, which are those with sales reluctance that are looking to do good in the world. And you're like, I've built, say, a program that helps them reach out to more people. Mm-hmm. And you want to reach and have as much conversations with these people. I would actually be reaching out to someone who's hosting a podcast like me or right. anyone who's a leader within their field and saying, hey, it sounds like you're serving a target market that I'm looking to design a product about. I'd love to ask you questions about what you know about your market or if there's any uh, community where I could test some ideas. And so, how do you make it a win for them? Because they're busy. Why should they help you? They get a lot of requests. Well, whenever you're, if your product is actually going to solve some problems for them as well or is actually going to add value to their clients, there's actually a referral or affiliate relationship you could design with this person. I would be ecstatic if someone would come to me and say, I've designed this program that actually helps the people that you serve. And if we can actually create a way that I could sponsor your show, or I could actually be able to present it to your audience and you make a cut, um, I would love to have further conversation. I'll pick up that phone every day. And the biggest things I'll want to make sure that is in place is I would want to understand your why, because we've seen so many platforms pop up, pop out, disappear, take money. So as someone who's promoting or has an audience, the biggest things I'm looking for is integrity and being clear on impact actually makes you come from a place of integrity. So LinkedIn, great place to go and just build your first list of hundreds of people, have a hundred conversations, start to be curious and see if you're noticing patterns so you can speak a language that they will understand that you understand them. Find other places that are live that you can go connect with people now that we have a little less restrictions. And finally, find people that are centers of influence within those communities of people you want to serve. And they are already more in touch with the market. And some of them, they don't need to be the biggest person out there. They could be small, you know, small influencers. They could be people that just have a small audience, but oftentimes they're the people that are most in touch with their audience because they still have that one degree of separation with who they speak to. Yes. And they're more receptive because they have a smaller audience. So they're, exactly. they're, they're Don't go reach open. out to Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to respond. So we, let me ask you, we're running out of time. I want to ask you, there are three more points right out of your five. Can you quickly uh, let the audience know what those last three are? The one I'll focus the most on to just say is the product, you know, loving the product, although I find for your audience is more than likely going to be the one that has the least resistance is build an amazing product. It's so hard to go out there and sell a product that you're not proud of. And if you're at the beginning stages, understand that you are on a journey and you are about to build something amazing. I would hope so else. Uh, this is actually a quote from you because we released your podcast recently, which is if you're not out there building the best product, then go find out who is and go work for them and sell them a reason why you should work for them. I am quoting you, Mr. Hoff, uh, yes. because I just listened to your episode we did together. And I think that's amazing advice. 
If you're out there, go with a vision of building an amazing product that actually will make the impact that you speak about caring so much. And those first three loves, when you have that, you understand the why, you understand the who, and you understand the what. Then it just leaves us with the fourth love, which is love the process of selling, which is the how. And my biggest message for people is just realizing the top salespeople do not look like the scammy, manipulative people you see in the media that make it for exciting movies. Top salespeople actually care about the customers. They want to make a difference and they sell products they're proud of. If you can have that in place, then you can turn around and start thinking, well, what are the strategies I want to apply? What are the tactics I want to do? Am I doing your LinkedIn reach out campaign? Am I going to run ads on YouTube? Am I going to go comment on stuff? There's so many things out there. There's not a shortage of information out there, but you won't care to look for it if you have that resistance against sales. And I'm hoping that for people that are listening, you've changed that mindset and you realize that sales is a beautiful thing and an essential thing, which leaves us with the last love, which is all self-love. That's just understanding that you are enough. You can go out there. You will have fear of rejections. We all have our insecurities when we reach out and that's okay. Go out there and do your best. There's practices I always suggest for people to come and show up as their best because it's an emotional roller coaster to be an entrepreneur. And the sales part is the one that usually will trigger you the most. So enjoy the journey and go build amazing stuff. Jason, thank you for sharing the love. And can you let the audience know how they can find you? Well, we talked about LinkedIn, so I'll suggest for everyone here that's maybe having any kind of sales reluctance, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to see if there's a part that resonated with you more than others. And I do have a checklist on how to show up with love and questions you can ask. So just connect with me on LinkedIn. Go on LinkedIn, find me Jason Mark Campbell. And of course, as I've mentioned on the call, connect, add a note, tell me you just hired me on the Founders Space podcast. And, um, and then I'd love to have a conversation. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you liked it, hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends. You can help us create more great content by subscribing and sharing. Also, if you want to access our online startup program, our investor network, and our entrepreneur resources, just come to founderspace.com.